Good morning. Happy Father's Day. Hey, so if you want to look in your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34. By the way, that's in the first part of your Bible. Not at the end of your Bible. Look, right there. Okay? So today, I think if you um, will follow along with the passage I'm going to be sharing with you today, I think you'll find it to be helpful. You can go back and use this passage as you think about your life and as you're facing different challenges in your life. We're going to see a great example of what perseverance looks like in the life of a great leader who led for a long time. We're going to be hearing today the story of Moses. Now, if you will read Hebrews chapter 12, which has been the subject for this sermon series this entire month, um, the writer says that we are each called to run the race that God has given us and to run it with perseverance. That every one of us has a mission and a purpose that God has given us for our life, and we're to live that life and to run that race with perseverance to finish what God has called us to do. If you look at chapter 11 and chapter 11 of Hebrews, it says all this list of all these individuals, all the great people from the Old Testament who went before us who are now cheering for us, cheering for us as we run our race, that we're now down here on the field living our life, doing our thing, and it's now our turn. So he says, run the race with perseverance. Now, if you go back and you look at that list of characters there in the 11th chapter, one great spiritual hero after another from the Old Testament, all of them are characterized by perseverance. God called them. They finished their race. They demonstrated perseverance. Now, the one that stands out to me in that list, and the actual word is used there, persevere, is the person of Moses. Moses. Uh, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy tells the story of Moses. Now, pause right here for a minute. I read a book a few years ago, probably in my early 40s. It was called Halftime. Pretty appropriate book for a guy, 40. Halftime. The book was written by Bob Buford. It was basically meant a book written for men um, to help men think about what is our life supposed to be about after 40. The point of the book was to address uh, something that everybody experiences at one point in your life or not, whether you're a male or female, doesn't matter who you are. Everybody gets this point in your life where you go, you know, at some point you stop trying to earn a living and start decide to make a life. And you stop thinking about what you're accomplishing and what you're achieving and what you're acquiring and start thinking about the spiritual dimensions of your life. So Bob Buford had, has had a huge influence on a lot of people, particularly men, who began to look at the emptiness they felt inside and began to uh, be challenged to think about what I want my life to be about. He has this great quote. I love this quote. He says, our first half is about how to make a living, and our second half has the promise of being about how to make a life. Bob Buford just passed away this last week. And uh, he was buried in Dallas and had a memorial service on Tuesday. 
And many people there flocked to the building to celebrate the contribution he made to their life. But he wrote another book. Great title. The book was titled Finishing Well. Finishing Well. I think you get the idea what that means. He, yeah. And he finished his life well. It's about finishing your life strong. It's about becoming the person that God created you to be. It's about living the dream that God puts in your heart. That God has a dream and desire and a passion for everyone. And to finish well is to be able to stand before God and to say, God, I was faithful to you in the vision that you gave me for my life. And to leave your family behind with a legacy of love and leadership and courage and, and beauty. I, I love that idea of finishing well because I think it raises an important question for everyone in this room. It doesn't matter who you are, but it's this important question. Who is God calling you to be? What kind of person is he calling you to be? It's not so much what he's asking you to do, as what is he calling you to be, because you can be, you can go anywhere and do anything as long as you're the person that God is calling you to be. And the Bible gives us a beautiful image of, of Christ that we're all moving to grow in the likeness of Jesus, to be in the likeness of Christ. So I ask you as we begin this morning, is, what does finishing well look like to you? What does finishing well look like to you? Now let me show you the story of Moses. It's a beautiful story. Uh, you get to the 34th chapter of Moses. It's at the end of his life. Deuteronomy ends with the death of Moses. And Joshua begins with the leadership of Joshua taking over the role of the, of the leadership of the people of Israel as they take the promised land from Moses. Here then at the end of chapter 34, we hear in effect what is a eulogy for Moses' life. Since then, no prophet has arisen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Now I love that. Right off the bat, there's a clue. Finishing well is relationship with God, intimacy with God, God giving direction in your life. Moses knew God who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. What a wonderful eulogy for a man's life. And when you read this, however, you don't understand the backstory. You just get the end of the story. Let me tell you the backstory. What's happened is Moses is 120 years old. He has climbed to the top of Mount Nebo, which is impressive itself. Imagine climbing to the top of a mountain with bad knees at 120, having crossed the desert. He's 120, he has completed his mission, and he is looking out over the promised land, and he is seeing a dream fulfilled, the dream that God burned in his heart. But it wasn't so easy. Do you know how old Moses was when God called him? He was 80 years old. You know what you do at 80? You sell the house, you downsize, you buy a condo, you move to Florida, you go to where there's, the weather's warm, you eat dinner at 4 p.m., and you go to bed by 6 p.m. 
and you play golf every day with your friends and you, and you learn how to play bridge. But not Moses. At the time when most people are supposed to be gearing down, God said it's time to gear up. And you know why? Because you can retire from a job, but you can't retire from a calling. Or you can quit a calling, but you can't retire from a call that God puts in your heart. Never think you're too old. Moses was 80 years old when God gave him a burning bush and said, Go back to Egypt. I've heard the cries of my people, and I want to lead them from slavery to freedom to the dream that's been on my heart for generations, to return them to the land of their father Abraham. Now imagine the difficulty of such a task. He had to confront the most powerful man in the world to give up his entire labor force. After the ninth plague, Pharaoh says to Moses, if I see your face again, I'm going to take your life. He then had to convince the people to follow him through the desert. And then he had to strategically prepare to evacuate one million people from their homes, tape them across the desert, and they had no U-Hauls or tractor trailers to carry food and provisions. Then not only did he have to deal with desert and terrible conditions, they had to deal with hostile armies, and the worst enemy of all was his own people who complained and moaned and rejected him as a leader. He had to wander in the desert from 80 to 120 facing setback and hurdles, his own feelings of lack of self-confidence for 40 years to accomplish his goal. Now, if you want a picture of what perseverance looks like, that's perseverance. That's what it means to finish well. Let me ask you, what is it the dream that God has put on your heart? What is it that God is calling you to finish What is it that God has given you to start? Anyone can start, but not everyone can finish well. What does it mean for you to finish well? Where are you going? What are you saying yes to? And where is it going to take you? Look back at the story. Let's go back to verse 1 now. Then it says, Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho, and there the Lord showed him the whole land. From Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar, the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes. That's what happens. When we persevere. That's what finishing well looks like. Now I know what your immediate objection is. David, I'm not like Moses. Well, some of you may be as old as Moses. But you say, I'm not like Moses. David, I'll never have to lead anybody anywhere. I have trouble leading my own family. David, I'll never get water out of a rock. David, I'll never be able to feed people manna in the desert. I'll never have to confront a world leader. 
I'll never have to lay a staff on the ground and turn it into, I'll never have to part the Red Sea. I'll never have to call down, I'll never be able to call down locusts on my neighbor's yard. I'm not a superhero. Let me tell you something. You're no different than Moses. Moses was an ordinary person just like you. In fact, by the time he was 80 years old, he was a well-documented failure who in his first attempt to do good failed miserably, killed another man, and had to run into the desert where he was hiding as a fugitive and wasted away all his talent and years. There was one thing that Moses had that anybody can have that could turn an ordinary man into an extraordinary man or an ordinary woman to an extraordinary woman. You know what it was? He possessed one quality, one quality that made him usable for God. You know what it was? He just simply said, yes. You want to do something for God, you don't have to have extraordinary talent. You don't have to have the biggest brains. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to be the strongest, the fittest. You don't have to be younger. All you have to do is to say yes. Yes to a bigger life. Yes to believing that God has a plan and a purpose for me and to, for my world and that God has a dream for the planet and I get to be a part of what God is doing. That His work is still going on in the world. I get to be a part of it, have a role to play. I and. And you know what? Maybe you're not going to be out in the middle of the desert and get a burning bush, but there are burning bushes everywhere. Maybe your burning bush is a hungry child. Maybe your burning bush is a plate of scrambled eggs on a Wednesday morning at the men's shelter. Maybe your burning bush is hitting rock bottom and saying my life has to change and going to a 12-step meeting. Maybe your burning bush is a student that needs to be tutored. A burning bush is anything that you see in the world that makes your heart come alive for God and say, I need to be a part of that. Or maybe that burning bush is an external, maybe it's internal. There are a lot of people who feel that inside, a burning inside that says, what is my life supposed to be about? You feel this emptiness, this burning inside. What am I supposed to do with myself? There's more to life than just this. You're halftime. That's from God. What do you need to say yes to God to? And what are you saying yes to right now that's keeping you from finishing well? God can put a dream on your heart, but you're saying yes to all the wrong things until you begin to align God's yes to your yes. You're not going to end up where you want to go. Let's continue the story. We pick up more. Not only is it a yes... But it says here, and Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab. As the Lord had said, he buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, and his eyes were not weak. What do you think that means? You think Moses hobbled down to the DMV to get his license renewed for his chariot? A-I-E, is that a U? No. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about his vision. From the time that he was 80 years old to the time that he was 120 years old, Moses had a strong vision. And you know what carried Moses through the desert? 
through all the trouble and all the difficulties and all the hardships. He just kept saying yes to God again and again and again and again and again. And he had this vision, and his vision sustained him. When you're tired, when you're worn out, when you're beat down, and you forget where you are, it's that vision that will pull you forward. When you begin to care about something that you're worth dying for, when you begin to care about something that's bigger than you. I realize that I use this um, example because it's the only examples I have because I do two things. I run and I preach. So I wrote on my arm when I did the Boston Marathon, I wrote on my arm, Scotty Strong. The reason I wrote Scotty Strong is because Scott Crawford was a member of our church and Scotty, Scott Crawford uh, died from cancer at the age of 45, left behind two children. He was the inspiration for the last season for the uh, David Padgett's, his brother-in-law, coach of UofL basketball, inspiration for their team. The other arm I wrote is saying, let's go, let's go, let's go. Worst conditions in 30 years for the Boston Marathon. You start in Hoppington, you run to Boston Street. And it would have been a lot easier just to stop at some point and to quit. But I had a destination in mind, and how did I get there? I told myself, Weeks before I ran the marathon, every day I trained for weeks up to the marathon, I was running it for Scott Crawford. And anytime I felt like quitting, I couldn't quit because I had a vision in front of me. Scotty Strong, be strong, be courageous, finish the race. And I kept going and I did finish because I had a vision. Some of you may not have a vision, but some of you may have a vision you forgot your vision. You've got to renew your vision. That's why Jesus went to the wilderness again and again and again to remind himself of what he was doing and what he was called to do. Maybe you don't have a vision, but remember, Jesus came. He will touch your eyes. He will open your eyes, help you see the opportunities in the midst of your obstacles. Don't look back. Keep looking forward. Have a life-sustaining vision. The next thing we see here is it says here, His eyes were not weak, go back, his eyes were not weak, nor his strength, strength was gone. What he's talking about here is a never quit attitude. He's talking about perseverance. The reason he was able to succeed is because he never quit, he never gave up. God put a dream in his heart and he never gave up. He never quit, he just kept fighting. The reality is that the people who do great things in this world are not the most talented people. They're not the strongest people. They're not the people with the most money. They're not the people with the best degrees. It's people who over the long haul hang in, get back up, never quit, and just keep moving forward, putting one foot in front of the other. You know, the one thing I want people to say about my life, David may not have been the brightest, might not have been the smartest. He made a lot of stupid mistakes, but he just kept getting back up and putting one foot in front of the other and just kept moving forward and didn't look back. His life was about endurance and stamina and effort. Effort will always exceed talent in the end. You may not be the brightest in the class, but you can win If you push all the way to the end with effort, I tell my son all the time, this is the, you know, he, I was so proud he wrote me a letter, um, so happy that he remembered this one thing. He wrote me a letter his freshman year and said, Dad, I want to tell you what I love and admire about you. Gosh, what dad doesn't want to hear that? 
And he said, because you taught me how important effort is. Dad, you said effort exceeds talent. And I try hard. That's what I want to hear. You see, you know what? I, maybe I already said this because I'm getting older. You know, I'm old as Moses now. And, you know, I'm forgetting what I said earlier. I said this three times. You know what Robert Louis Stevenson said? Did I already say this? Oh, good. I'm, I'm not as old as I thought. <laughs> he said, a saint is a sinner who never gives up. He says, what perseverance. Here's how you persevere. You persevere because you know where you're going. You just keep getting back up. Now look at the next part of the story. This is how you finish well. Next part of the story talks about, um, talks there about Joshua. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. Here we're talking about legacy. Joshua had watched the leadership of Moses for more than 40 years. Saw his example. Now he passed on the leadership to Joshua, and Joshua takes the reins and then leads the people. Laid his hands on him and blesses him. The thing is, for all of us, there are people who are watching us. They learn from us. And the greatest thing that we can pass on to other people is our relationship with God that fuels our energy and our passion and gives us dreams, and that we didn't quit. If you go back and you look in Hebrews chapter 11, you know what you see? All these individuals, you look at that, that, that uh, all those heroes, but in all those stories, if you go back and read the Old Testament, read them, research them, they all failed terribly. But they kept getting back up. The greatest, and I want to speak to the dads in the room, the greatest thing that you can do as a father, I believe, is to demonstrate this one quality, to show your children, to be willing to acknowledge your failures and your weaknesses and to let them see you that when you've been brought to your knees by sickness or failure or job loss or anything that you've done, to let them see the God at work in you is a God of resurrection and hope and new life who put fire in your bones and you got back up even though you got knocked down and didn't quit. And then you look at your son or your daughter and say, you're going to get knocked down. Never quit. So they can look inside you and see it in you. And to know that where it comes from, it comes from the Lord. The strength comes from the Lord. Moses says to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Because the Lord will be with you always as he has been with me these last 40 years. I don't know what race you're called to run, but never give up, never quit. And know that when you get knocked down to your knees, your Father will come and lift you and help you finish the race that you've been called to live because you are not alone. Be strong and courageous and run your race with perseverance. Perseverance.